evening and Merry Christmas. My name is Leslie Keith Murray, and I'm going to be reading scripture and gospel this evening. The first scripture is from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased the joy, its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For as a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Luke, chapter 2, verses um, 1 to 7, and then 8 to 20 is actually how it was written. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The shepherds and the, oops, pardon me, sorry. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words, 
and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we long for a little bit of light. We pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, your light might be born in us tonight, that it would make us glad and it would bring us joy, not just this day, but every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so it's, it's 1989. Picture it, it's, if you can. I mean, I'm getting old now. Some, some people can't picture 1989. Midnapore Mall, South Calgary suburbs. I'm four years old, and it's a preschool Christmas play. I've shared this before, but this year I finally have pictures. My mom sent me the pictures this year, so it's kind of hard to see. <laughs> I'm surrounded by dozens of, chil dozens of children, or at least a couple dozen, decked out in costume from the Virgin Mary to the three wise men. The wise men are actually off, off screen at this point. And I have a blue tunic on and a tea towel tied around my head, <laughs> signifying my status as a shepherd. I think that we've got a little, the next one's this, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's me, so thanks, Mom, for sending this if you're watching. <laughs> the angels, though, they are the most ornate in this whole thing. They've got white robes, custom cardboard wings glued with glitter, halos of sparkling silver and gold tinsel perched on their heads. We were just silly kids in costumes with no idea of what was going on. But every time I think of the nativity, I'm reminded of that mall with the brown tiled floors, angels sparkling under fluorescent lights. Now there's probably an image that pops into your head too when you think of the nativity. Could be a childhood nativity play like me. Could be Linus reciting Luke's gospel in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Or it could be the official Kirkland nativity set from Costco. That's on one of the, that's on the bingo cards, by the way. Regardless of what it is, my guess is that it is a nice image. Although Die Hard's maybe not the nicest Christmas image, but it might even be comforting and it might even be lovely, even though we live in what is becoming a less and less Christian, more and more secular culture. We likely all have images of the Christmas story that come to mind, and they are probably pleasant ones. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasant or comforting. Christmas is about good tidings of comfort and joy, but these Christmas images we can have in our heads often obscure just how weird the Bible story actually is. There's stuff we, we miss. A couple of years ago, I preached a sermon about this little mention of the governor Quirinius, the Roman governor of Syria at the beginning just shows up at the beginning of the story, and the sermon was called, Keep the Quirinius in Christmas. <laughs> Get it? Like, keep the Christ in Christmas. Ha, 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 ha. Um, 
Tonight, though, I briefly want to talk about the angels. I know it sounds lazy, but tonight's sermon is titled, Keep the Heavenly Host in Christmas. Keep the Heavenly Host in Christmas. Keep the angels in Christmas. Like, we tend to think of angels like my play, but you notice that when the angel shows up to the shepherds, they are super freaked out. The old King James Version says that they were sore afraid. Now, why would little white robes, wings, sparkly halos, and little rosy cheeks scare anybody at all? I mean, we must be missing something here. We must be missing something. And one of my favorite depictions of any Bible story out there is this one on the screen coming up here. I mean, does that really look like the nativity scene exactly? This is the poet William Blake's 1809 depiction of the angels. This, this is the heavenly host. Some folks suggest Blake was on drugs or <laughs> mentally ill. Uh, I prefer to just think he was particularly creative and spiritual. But regardless, it's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. You know, need some real professional costuming at your preschool if you want to pull this particular <laughs> version of the angels off. I mean, no wonder the angels tell the shepherds to be not afraid. And you know, notice what they're wearing. You kind of can't see it very well on the screen, but notice what they're wearing. If you look closely, you can see helmets and swords because this is the heavenly host. This is the heavenly host. By host, we don't mean, say, Jay Leno or Ryan Seacrest. It's the old English meaning of the word. Host meaning army. It's an army of angels. And the army part isn't just a figure of speech either. It's like an actual army. These are heavenly shock troops. These are celestial soldiers. These are divine warriors that show up to the shepherds. Now, the last thing we probably want to do is put war imagery and religion together. I mean, it usually doesn't, usually doesn't end well. But that kind of war, that kind of war, the kind waged with weapons and violence by and against flesh and blood people, that's not the kind of war that these armies are fighting. This is a war waged under the surface of things. A war waged not against human beings, but rather a war waged for human beings against the spiritual forces of darkness. A war for life, a war for goodness and peace, a war for beauty on all that seeks to trample it. This is the battle the heavenly hosts are engaged in, a war to rescue human hearts, to repair all brokenness, a war to redeem the world and to make it new. Now, why do they show up to the sh these shepherds, these nobodies in the middle of nowhere exactly? Well, because they have an important announcement, and the announcement's for everybody. That the Messiah, the anointed one, the one sent by God to set the world right, has finally come. A savior, it says. Christ the Lord. And because he's come, it means that the war they're fighting, it means that the end is in sight. Victory is at hand. Peace is coming down the pipeline. The world as it was always meant to be, that world is on the way. Glory to God in the highest, they sing. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men, towards all. You might be find, find that hard to, to believe, you ask. You want proof? You want a sign? Go to Bethlehem there, and you'll see the sign. 
you'll see the sign in Bethlehem. Check out the baby lying in the manger, they say, and you'll have your sign. Jesus is like D-Day before the end of the war. The end isn't quite here yet, but he'll be a sign for you. Jesus is the sign of the end, the sign that love wins in the end. Goodness finally prevails, and that victory is finally in sight. He's the sign that everything sad is becoming untrue. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you'll get that. That's an Easter egg for all the Lord of the Rings fans out there. I mean, it's not exactly the message you hear in the speakers in the aisle at Thrifty Foods, is it? Exactly. But this is the true meaning of Christmas. The message of the heavenly host is this. If you've ever heard that John Lennon song, Happy Christmas, the war is over. The war is over, it's been won. The war is over, it's been won. The war is over and it's been won. And the best part of it is that the victory is for me and for you. The losing battle that you've lost against depression and despair, the war is over. It's been won. Christmas means that there is always hope. It's not the end until Jesus says it's the end. The struggle to get your life together, to be better, to finally be good and do right, the war is over. It's been won. Christmas means that there is always forgiveness. There is always grace. There is always a new start. Or the war against literal war itself, violence, bloodshed, hatred, terrorism, inhumanity. The war is over. It's been won. Christmas means that there's always the possibility of peace, and in the end, peace is what we will have forever. The war is over. It's why we have a soup kitchen. It's why we're raising money for the recovery center, not because we believe that we're pushing a boulder up a hill, struggling against the forces that be. We're joining the heavenly hosts in battle. We're going with the grain of the universe. A battle that has already been won, and we're joining in because we know how the story ends. We've been given a sign the baby in the manger. It's the white flag of creation surrendering to the grace of God. Christmas, dear friends, Christmas is the resounding angelic promise that there is more going on in our world than meets the eye. That there is a goodness, there is a benevolence at the heart of all things, one that is greater than all of our brokenness, than all evil combined. Whatever the battle being waged across creation or inside the human heart, Christmas means that by grace the battle has been won, and by that same grace all will be made new in the end forever. The battle has been won. And if you find it hard to believe, as I do on most days, then just remember this. Keep the heavenly host in Christmas. Take their advice and just look to the baby in the manger. For he will give you 
a sign. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. 
our Lord Emmanuel. It's time now for the prayers of the people. <clears throat> 